and namaste guys i am dr anushruti and i'm back with an amazing episode today's episode will witness a lot of things that are necessary and actually makes a physical therapist professional by work and by all the corners so to share his thoughts today on board i have dr sean who helps rehab clinicians in in improving their clinical skills and make money by treating patients so we let's not waste time and directly speak to him hello dr sean how are you i'm doing well thank you for having me thank you so much well you you know you are so much into making the clinical rehabs perfect so why not to ask the very first question that what are some qualities that you feel make a professional physical therapist yeah that is um that is a great question uh so uh, for me, the the biggest thing is to remember that as a physical therapist, that you are working with other human beings um, and other people, right? They're potentially at a very vulnerable time in their lives. Uh, so when I think about what makes a great physical therapist, I think that empathy and being empathetic and developing a personal relationship with your patients and potential patients, uh, that's always step one for me. And that's a lot of what we talk about and teach in our in our mentorship program. Um, the other thing is, and you see this a lot on uh, social media and even with new grads, is that uh, you have an ego, a bit of an ego, right? In, our, in the U.S., at least, you have a doctor in front of your name. You're a doctor of physical therapy. And the reality is um, that as a physical therapist, as I see it, is that you are a guide for a person in their process. They People, they come to see you with pain, and you are the person is going to help uh, guide that journey for them. And one thing that we teach a lot is patient-centered care. And if you truly believe in, in patient-centered care, uh, then you really need to put the ego aside and put your beliefs aside and truly seek to understand the individual that you're working with, the person who's in front of you, what their fears are, uh, their concerns, what their learning style is, uh, what their goals are, and how you can provide clarity to this person about their journey and the process that they are going to take in a way that they understand. Um, the other thing I would say that in terms of a quality that makes a, a great physical therapist is staying curious. And this is something that we talk a lot about in our mentorship program as well, is we talk about ego and growth mindset. And one of the biggest traps that we can all fall into as physical therapists uh, and humans, I would say in general, uh, is thinking that you have everything figured out because the reality is, is nobody does. Uh, and the minute that we start thinking that we have something figured out, uh, we're probably missing out on a huge opportunity to help more people because it's an area or gap in our knowledge. And um, the last thing, this is a subject I think a lot about. So I got a lot of answers on this one. <laughs> uh, it's kind of but, related to what I just yeah. said. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I believe, you know, we can just state n number of qualities. And most of that, the above thing, the top of the thing is to be a human being first. You know, do not forget first. that you are a human too. So next question, moving on, Dr. Sean, what should be, you know, a physical therapist's approach towards treating patients, be it chronic injury or acute injury? What should be their first and basic approach towards that? Yeah, sure thing. So first thing, um, so I kind of approach every situation the same with little nuance, depending on if it's acute or chronic from like an injury perspective. Uh, the main thing again is human human first, right? Is So it's, it's the first tier would be, uh, I, I call it education or like psychology, but understanding 
the person who is in front of you, the things that they're afraid of, the things they're worried about, the concerns they have, all of these things, any maladaptive beliefs that they might have from other medical professionals, uh, things that might impede their, their actual rehab. Um, from there, it moves to range of motion. Do they have the mobility necessary to do the things that they're trying to do? Then do they have the strength? Then do they have the, the capacity? The biggest difference between acute and chronic is that with an acute injury or like a post-op or surgery is that that's going to become the the thing that we have to be most mindful of because the tissue needs to heal. So we need to promote an environment that's going to let the body heal um, versus something that's more chronic where like the educational side of, of things or the psychological side might be more of the, the, the barrier to entry to helping the person. Okay. Why do you think Dr. Sean that there is somewhere or sometimes in either parts of the world, you know, secondhand treatment with physical therapists or with the profession of physical therapy, why is there, you know, this discrimination prevailing in the field of healthcare? I believe everyone is a doctor and be it of any kind of healthcare, any part of healthcare, but why do we still see as MBBS doctors, MD doctors over a top palate and physical therapists like, you know, we even, some people do not even know, they often tell them as yoga instructor, massage therapist. So why is it prevailing so much? Yeah, that's another great question. I don't know if I have the answer to that one, but it's funny, like whenever like someone sees an email from me, they'll see my email signature and it says Dr. Sean Astorga. And they're like, oh, you're a doctor. I didn't know you were a doctor, you know? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, just in, in, in general, right? Like over time that doctors, lawyers, like certain professions just have... Uh, have a certain association with them. So the perception is that they are, you know, that they kind of have everything figured out, that they're the top of the hierarchy and all of these things. And the way that I view like physical therapy and helping a person is that we are as a team approach, right? So everyone really needs to be working, working together. Um, why physical therapists are, aren't always treated in that way. Um, part of it might be the, that perception. Um, part of it might be that our field is, well, it's not a newer field. Um, the doctor aspect of the field, at least in the U.S., is is newer, um, and I think people are getting more and more kind of comfortable with like the terminology. Um, but what I would say is something that we do a lot. Our practice is set up a lot differently than than other typical physical therapy practices. Is we kind of take a lead approach in developing that team and that network. So we have surgeons that we work with. We have orthopedic doctors we work with. We have fitness professionals, yoga instructors that are kind of in our circle. So when a person comes to us, um, we can really focus on them as the center of the the care. Right? It's like their their story, if you will, and we are able to su supply them or provide them with referrals to. Um, appropriate people. We still get the, the situation where like, oh, my surgeon told me this, you know, and this is what I'm going to do. And we're like, okay, you know, but as long as you're developing the relationship with the person, um, you have a window and you have a chance to help them because now you have uh, an opening, you have a relationship, they trust you. Um, so you can kind of move forward in, in that capacity. So I don't know if I have a true answer for the first question, but <laughs> it does. It does. As we say, work together, grow together. Work together, so grow together. On, Dr. Sean, I would like to introduce you to one of the favorite segments of my show where we answer the question of my followers, patients, and clients. So I have a bunch of questions ready for you directly from those people. So are you ready to answer the question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the first question comes from Varsha Gupta from New Delhi. New Delhi is the capital of India. She says, hello, Dr. Sean, how are you? I am in my final year, but I get tensed when a patient comes to me. I get confused and forget everything that I know or what I can do. Please help me out in this. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I've been practicing for a while. That still happens to me. So um, I would say the first thing is, um, again, I'm, this is kind of the theme I think for, for today is remember that you're talking to a person. And if you like make it weird, it's going to be weird. So if you just ask a lot of questions, um, get to know the situation, right? Understand the person in front of you. They're essentially going to tell you what the issue is, right? You just have to get good at asking questions. So we always talk about asking why a lot. So when someone tells you something, ask them why. You keep asking more and more where you can get deeper into the conversation. Um, and then from there, I would just say, take a breath and figure out what is the, the likely thing that is limiting them or causing pain or limiting them from some, a certain level of function. Um, cause that's going to give you an idea of where to start. Um, that would be the, 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 the biggest thing and take a breath, <laughs> exhale. <laughs> Nervousness is, you know, like a part of journey. And if you are yeah. getting nervous, that means that you are still working on you. And that is a positive sign in a way. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's really just once you have a relationship with develop with a person, you don't have to figure it out on day one, right? It's, they're going to be working with you over time. So, you know, you have an opportunity, you might think of things after the fact. Um, and as you develop your career and your skill set, right, these things are going to pattern recognition develop. So things happen quicker. Um, but in the beginning, this is normal. It's something that we're all going to to go through, you know, for to some extent. Okay, moving on, we have Shikha Saxena from Jabalpur. She says, why do I get confusing doubts as in should I continue this career or not? Should I switch to another career? What should I do? Please help. Oh, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess the the big thing in this in this regard is understand like define what your what your goal is why did you want to become a physical therapist because once you have the defined goal um the actions you take now right they can be in line with the goal or they can take you away from the goal so when you understand the underlying reason um and you have a defined situation right that gives you a little bit of clarity versus just saying i want to be a physical therapist and not really having a deeper why to the situation so developing that is usually a helpful first step I believe, you know, it is fascinating for students out there to be a doctor in life. And when they are into the studies of doctor of physical therapy, when they see the syllabus, the anatomy, biomechanics and exercise therapy, all that modalities, everything, they just feel like giving giving it up on it. You know, they do not have the courage to move on, move, move ahead with it. And uh, even if, when I was there, I have personally come across so many students who just came into this field for the doctor tag. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And like even having the courage to to finish, right? If you have the deeper why, the deeper meaning behind why you want, like being a doctor of physical therapy to me isn't a strong enough why. That is just a title, um, right? So if you like are... Um, I think about a patient who has an injury, right? Like it's not really like the shoulder pain that is the problem. There's a deeper reason to them why that is problematic and they're seeking help now. Um, so you, we need those things in life in general, right? Is to have a deeper, deeper meaning to the things that we're doing. Cause then that can, is going to guide the actions that we, that we take. That's where your courage to finish is going to kind of come from. Um, a lot of times too, with doubt, right. It's, it's cause of fear of uncertainty in the, in the future. Um, so to your point, right. It's, it's, um, having the courage to finish. And oftentimes like the most growth for us as humans is going to come from those periods where, uh, things are difficult and our brain and everything is telling us to stop. It's like when we overcome that, right, we are able to grow at a, to the next point where our brain's going to tell us the same thing. So then it's just a, a process of, of continuing to, to get through that. Absolutely. 
Well, moving on, we have Varun Verma from Agra. He says, my patients do not have patience. Okay. My patients <laughs> do not have patience in them. Sometimes they leave the treatment from me. They do not get their treatment done from me till the end because they want quick recovery. And I do not know how to convince them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a couple, a couple of different things I think in this, um, one is understanding like what your like business or clinic, how it's set up. So if your promise is that you're going to get them quick results, then yes, you need to get them quick results. If your promise is that you're going to get them uh, like there's a long-term plan where they get back to doing whatever the activity is, then that's a different perspective for the patient coming in. Um, but it really also comes down to how we as the professional are communicating the process to a patient. So when we talk about process with a new patient, our promise to them is that we are going to help you get back to playing basketball after an ACL repair. We're going to help you get back to um, playing with your child after hurting your shoulder, whatever it might be. And then when we are talking to them, we can lay it out in three phases. So phase one is we're going to help you get out of pain. Phase two is we are going to help you develop the strength in your tissue, right? Phase three is it's going to be very specific. Now we're going to be doing the activities that look like basketball, for example. So from the first day of their treatment, we are already setting the stage for a journey and we're giving them clarity on the process. This is what you can expect. This is how many sessions I would anticipate that this is going to be, um, things along those lines so that they, at least from the beginning, we are already um, putting these thoughts in the, in the patient's mind. This is very different if you go to like um, a PT where they're like, we're gonna get you out of pain really quick, three sessions, and then that's it. That's a very different, different conversation. Um, but as long as the patient understands the process, uh, I think that'll be helpful. Well, bingo, you have answered all the questions of the patients <laughs> and clients. And moving on, I still have a lot of questions with me for you. So sure. the, another question coming on coming up on your way. Do you feel that it is very necessary for people to understand their body anatomy? You know, just in case to treat them better and to know the importance of health and fitness? Um, yes, in yes and no, it depends on how, how, what we're talking about. Um, in general, to understand like health and fitness, I think uh, there's a lot of misconceptions in the information that is put out to the general public. Um, so being able to help a person understand and navigate that process, I think is 100% necessary. Um, I think that giving people um, like when people have pain, for example, right, uh, they have a sense of maybe losing control of their body or not having control over the situation. So the locus of control for them is very external. And they think that that we need to do something to them to help them get better when the reality is, is we probably just need to set them up for success so that they can, you know, heal on heal on their on their own. And uh, when a person's out of touch with their body and they're afraid to move, our goal is to always uh Give them, give them that confidence back. And with that comes an understanding of um, things that are okay to do and not okay to do in terms of like pain, right? In their situation, um, giving them those kind of guidelines so that they can take ownership over the situation. For some people, this does involve understanding some of like the underlying, they like to understand like the anatomy and like why we're doing every single thing to like the nitty gritty detail. Um, that's just really a personality type for them. Um, for others, it might be more general and we can just kind of relate an exercise to maybe their goal or something along, along those lines. But I think it's important that people at least have some baseline understanding understanding of um, what is acceptable, like that's going to allow them to heal and what is, you know, probably going to be detrimental because then they can take control, some control over the situation. Well, last but not the least, 
what is Dr. Sean's biggest piece of advice for the next generation of physical therapists coming up on the way? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, the biggest thing, I mean, is, and again, it's come up a lot on our, our talk today, is remember that we are working with with humans. And as such, we don't have to be a psychologist, but we have to understand that a lot of emotions are involved, um, that a lot of different learning styles are involved. Um, and when in doubt, right, always remembering that uh, will help the rest of the process out because it's not a transactional relationship, right? It's not like you give me money and then I make you feel better. It's like we have a relationship here that we are developing. Um, and if you approach things from that perspective, it tends to go a, a pretty, pretty long way. Um, second piece of advice would be to find find mentors who are doing what you want to do and learn from them. Uh, work with them, stick with them because it gets very lonely treating as a physical therapist. Um, if you mentors don't like have Dr. That. Sean, yeah, I mean that would be ideal. But <laughs> yeah, anyone who is like in your area, right, that you could work with. We do a lot of remote stuff, but um, it's very, very helpful. And in the U.S., it's a big issue is that a lot of jobs uh, promise mentorship. And then you sign up to, you start working with them and you never get the mentorship. You're still looking for it, right? So finding those people, it will take you a very, very long way. Okay, with this, we have come to an end of the episode. But at the end, I would like to make a note that you guys are really doing a great job. And I know this time would be hard for you. This time would be challenging for you. But remember that good time, good things, you know, they do take time. So give yourself give you know the best out of yourself and trust me that is all going to be worth at the end well thank you so much dr sean for joining in and i believe you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed listening to you now uh, thank you very much for having me thank you so much and here is the reminder from dr sean me and the skeleton behind him to straighten your back have a glass of water and move we'll meet in the next episode till then goodbye take care all right thank you Thank you.